hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. I'm starting to get kind of low on stories, and I really want to start making more videos, and I really need the stories to do that. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. The story is about an exploiter, a toxic manipulative drunk that takes advantage of young men desperate for money. Someone who tried to use me for so much and made horrific excuses for himself. I'm an Instagram physique bodybuilder slash actor looking for work in the field of acting and modeling. And I was pretty fresh in the scene at this point. Really naive and desperate for money. I had needs that had to be fulfilled and bills that needed paying. Supplements do not come cheap. And I really needed everything I could get in order to keep up with some of the... Well, less natural among my peers. That's where who we'll call Ernesto comes into play. Ernesto seemed like a fan of mine. He commented and he had said my pictures demonstrated a lot of progress and always really gave me constructive feedback. He seemed like a sleek, attractive guy. Smooth, cultured, and even had his own photography website. His photos radiated class. Or so I thought. I did admittedly find it somewhat strange that he never had a recurring model. Perhaps that should have been a red flag. Perhaps I'm still a bit naive. Anyway, we started talking and he started saying how we're actually not that far apart. He lived just a few stops down from me and he could help me get my start in modeling. He recommended some clothes for me to wear, including various button-up shirts, several tank tops, and really tight white underwear. Now, I'm not averse to the idea of underwear, or even nude modeling. As long as there's respect and distance between the modeling coach and the model, there's no issue, and I'm not a shy guy at all. I got everything done that I needed for a shoot, including waxing my chest. It hurts about as much as you might expect. We set a couple of dates, but he ends up having to reschedule a few times, and I was starting to wonder if it was just too good to be true. Maybe I should have again taken that as a sign that he really wasn't someone to pursue. But eventually, we finally got a meeting together. I gathered my modeling clothes together and headed down there. We met up at the BART station, and from there, the issues began. He claimed that he had lost his state ID and that he wanted to buy some pretty strong booze before doing the modeling shoot. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but after conferring with my friend Danny... It was confirmed to me that helping your coach buy drinks and having him just sipping and gulping away the entire time was far from normal. He took several pictures, giving me consistent compliments and saying that I was his hottest male model in a while. He kept wanting me to try his alcohol though, to which I always said I don't drink due to my bodybuilding. It slows down muscular recovery and growth and I just really don't care for the neurological effects on my perception. After we were done, he then guided me over to some complex. It looked like a storage unit of some kind, but evidently, he and his dad maintained some kind of living arrangement there. 
He put on a cartoon, kept drinking, and said my photos would be done in probably about a week or two, and then asked me to take a seat and enjoy myself there. I didn't really feel comfortable doing so. The place was ragged dirty, and I thought I could see someone sitting in a recliner way in the back, eyes glazed over and watching something else. It completely clashed with the image he projected, and something was just telling me this wasn't a good place to be. He said his dad owned the place and that he got to stay there and do his stuff there. I surmised that meant his photography. I said I needed to go and walked back to Bart. He kind of just sat there, saying he'd work on my photography and I'd see it on his Instagram. I got home safe and I waited. Day in, day out, weeks passed and he never said a word back to me. I thought something might have happened. He eventually claimed that my photography was in a camera that got stolen from him a couple of nights after we did the modeling shoot, and he wanted me to go back down and do another as soon as he had a better camera. I didn't really know if he was telling the truth or not, but I accepted the excuse. The neighborhood, looking back, didn't really seem like a good one. I tried to ask him for any paying photographers that he might know, and he always answered back very invasively or just said that he could probably pay me as soon as his clients at his real job pay him. This was the course of our relationship, and for a while, it just really seemed like he wasn't going to be helpful. He promptly showed me one night how very horrifying he could be. Randomly, he messaged me, and he started talking about how he has a new arrangement for our working relationship. He could help me get forward in the modeling world, meet new people, get a full portfolio, and even potentially introduced me to some people that he knew from New York. What was the catch? He said that I would need to engage in sexual encounters with him in exchange for these advancements. Well, me being a really desperate idiot, I at first started to try and bargain it. He detected that, and he actually said in a PM, Look, that's how it works in the modeling world. If you want to work with me, you need to find me sexually attractive and do things for me, to me with me, exclusively. That's how it works. I felt battered, pushed towards a corner, even when we were in different states in California. He was more or less holding my future over my head in exchange for lewd and unwanted favors. I did ever so want to finally leave my miserable day job, which had only been getting worse and worse day by day. But my mind had drifted to all those stories that had recently been in the news of Harvey Weinstein Kevin Spacey, of all these people who more or less hurt women and men in the same way, forcing them into things they wanted nothing to do with. A eureka moment then hit me. Why? I asked myself, why am I bargaining down, trying to deal in this situation put forward by this asshole? No, I refused to be victimized by him. So I then cussed him out, saying I wasn't going to be pushed around by some Harvey Weinstein kind of guy. I then blocked him and fell into a fitful sleep. I felt really sick the next morning, with the knowledge I didn't dream all that. It was absolutely real, and someone who I went down to shoot with, who probably still has pictures of me, was this kind of predator. It completely retextualized everything to do with him, trying to get me to drink, no recurring models, everything. I explained everything to my mom when she took me out to lunch that day. She comforted me, as moms often do, and help me through the issue. I contacted all my friends in the modeling scene and tried to ask about him. Nobody had heard of Ernesto outside of California, 
and when I went to look for his profile, I saw he had deleted it. I hoped it would be over, but it wasn't. While I was heading to my college class, I got a PM request from guess who? Ernesto. He claimed that he had been really drunk the night that he had said all that, and he was sorry. It was all just totally inappropriate, horrible, and will I just please come back and work for him? I didn't dignify him with a response. And now, the reason I'm sending this in now, with my progress really amping up and several really good projects being worked on, I saw that he made another new profile and tried to message me again about three weeks ago, claiming he had gotten better at first, saying he was done drinking, that he was now sober and out of his dad's weird storage place. Three attempts at hello later, and his true color showed again. He proceeded to say the following, You worthless city himbo, you think you're too good for me? Needless to say, I didn't accept his message request, and after that, I never heard from him again. When I was 18, I moved out of my hometown to go to college. Being a girl and away from my family felt really awesome to me. Since I live in Eastern Europe, and my parents tend to be really overprotective when it comes to me going out. Always asking with who, how long, and what time I'll come back. And they never seem to like the people, place, or time. And they just wouldn't let me out at all. On a Friday evening after my courses, I went to go meet this guy that I was talking to for a while now. And I spent a few hours with him at his place. His parents were away that weekend, so he asked if I wanted to spend the night. I would have stayed, but I had courses that weekend as well, starting from 8 a.m., and it took me around one hour to get to school, not including the time that it took me to get ready and stuff. I declined, and I told him we can meet the next day instead. He agreed, and I left around 11.30 p.m. It was pretty late, and he was staying in a remote area full of really shady people, but I already knew my way around the place. I'm a pretty tall person, around 5'11", and I dressed like a guy most of the time, so I wasn't really that afraid. I then went to the bus stop nearby that would take me straight home. There was already a few people there when I got there, so I took a seat on the bench and popped in my headphones. Most of the people were parents with kids, and there was only like two to three people that looked shady. Well, a few minutes passed by, and a guy then looked around 30 or 40 came up to me. Like I said, I had my headphones on and I was zoned out listening to music, so I didn't see him initially. He asked me something a few times and I didn't hear it. On the third time though, I popped out my headphones, expecting him to ask me what time it was or something, or if a specific bus comes on this station. The guy then mumbled something that I couldn't really understand, then started sticking his tongue in and out of his mouth really fast, then mimicking going down on a woman. I rolled my eyes in disgust and then put my headphones back on. I looked the opposite way, but I could see him with the corner of my eyes still making those really weird, disgusting gestures at me. But again, there were a lot of people around, so if he was going to try something, I wouldn't be afraid to react. Another five or so minutes go by, and I see two buses coming in the distance, both of them going the same route. Just to be sure, I positioned myself where the last entrance of the first bus would be, so I could sprint on the second bus in the last moment. The guy then comes close to the first bus and gets in that one, and I run to the second one. 
I go straight in the back since usually there's more space and I tend to get dizzy when there's too many people around. Two stops after I get in the bus, I see the guy clear as day on the same bus as me just a few meters away. Oh fuck, he's one of those guys, I thought to myself. He then looks at me and winks, which disgusts me even more. I pretended I didn't see him and I had then tapped the shoulder of an older lady next to me and offered her my seat. I just wanted an excuse to be up and I then positioned myself closer to the door. I think the guy tried to get closer after I got up. After the next stop, some people wanted to get out, so I let them pass by first and right as the doors were closing, at the very last second, I spurted out of the bus in between the closing doors. I looked back and the guy was trying to get out as well to come after me. But the doors then closed right in his face since he was sitting right in front of them now. I was pretty far away from the bus since I sprinted so fast, but I could tell that he was upset since I got away from him. The bus left and I went to a nearby subway station and took a completely different route, just to be sure that I don't meet that creep again. This all happened when I was 12 years old and my little sister was 7. My parents worked from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I rode the bus home with my friends every day. We lived on the same street as each other. For some context, I'm a guy. One day I got off the bus with my sister and I had noticed a man standing by our house. He looked to be about in his mid-30s and he was fairly built. He had long, dark brown hair that looked like it hadn't been washed for quite a while. For lack of better words, he looked homeless. He was wearing a black hoodie and black sweatpants. I gave my sister my phone so she wouldn't notice him. This happened every day for at least a month. One day he was actually standing on our neighbor's sidewalk and I could feel him staring at us. And then shit went down. I heard running footsteps behind us. I turned around and I saw that he was running right at us. I grabbed my sister and I ran to the house. I then ran inside and locked the door behind me. I gave my sister my phone and I told her to go upstairs and watch YouTube. As soon as she got upstairs, I heard banging on the front door. It was the man. I told him to fuck off and that I was calling the cops. The guy fled, but I still called the cops. I told them what had happened and what had been happening that led up to this. My sister came downstairs and she had asked why the police were there, but I just told her to go back upstairs and go to her room. They told me that they would be there tomorrow to see if he showed back up again, and sure enough, he was still there the next day. He was arrested. Last week, my sister and I brought up this whole situation, and we both agreed that he was probably targeting her. I'm 15 years old now, and she's 10. She's now aware of what happened. This was easily the scariest thing that's happened to me and my sister. Hey everyone, I just want to take a small break from the stories to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation. If you sell anything online, you're definitely in the right business. More people are shopping online than ever. That means a lot of orders coming in, and a lot of orders that you'll need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from your sales channel faster and cheaper and more efficiently. 
ShipStation is one of the easiest and most convenient choice for e-commerce sellers. You can import orders with any sales channel, ship using any carrier with deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. I know a lot of people personally who use ShipStation, and even during the holidays, they were able to get out their shipments in a very timely manner, as well as save a lot of money. With ShipStation, you can save time by funneling all your orders into one simple interface, no matter what you're selling. Manage every single order, whether it's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or even your own website, from anywhere, even on your phone. Ship more and less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CANNIBAL. ShipStation. Make ship happen. The story isn't really my own since I wasn't awake for it. My mother, my sister, and I are complete survivors. We have so many stories, it's honestly unbelievable. My mom used to work at a bowling alley, and she met my sperm donor there. He doesn't deserve the title father, so from here on out, I'll only be referring to him as my donor. They got married, and they eventually had me. I have a half-sister who will call Monica to keep it private. Trigger warning for sexual assault. Monica was molested by a family friend's kid not too long before everything went down. One early morning, Monica at like 4am wakes up to my donor staring at her underwear. She yells at him to leave and that she'll tell mom. He crawls out of her bedroom and then leaves for work. Monica then runs to mom telling her everything. My mother is livid. She calls the police and then breaks up with them. She wants to try and plan a divorce, but she's really terrified for our lives. She later finds out that he attempted to murder his last ex, so she has two of her guy friends, Matt and Henry, stay at the house during the night. This particular night, it was Henry's turn to stay at the house. They stay up watching movies, too afraid to go to sleep and then the sliding glass door opens. My donor barges in with a sharpened pipe, which he had been sitting outside for two hours, sharpening it in the backyard. He comes in full swing, stabbing my mother several times, and Henry. Henry's bleeding, and my mom thinks he's dead, but Henry manages to get off the floor, struggling with donor. Meanwhile, this wakes up Monica, and she's scared. She's a scared seven or eight-year-old girl hearing the fighting and commotion, and the only phone was in the living room where they were fighting at. She gets up the courage and runs for the phone and then brings it back to the room calling for 911, then sitting in my mother's room across the house. Monica's ready to jump and run out since she heard Donor say that after he murders Henry and my mom that he's going to rape and kill us. She's absolutely terrified holding me, trying not to cry, and opening up the window, knowing that even if she gets out and runs after everything is done, he's still probably going to catch us. For whatever psychotic reason, Donor stops attacking Henry and then starts violently stabbing himself in the chest. It stayed like this for what seemed like forever. The police finally arrive and then arrest Donor. My mom and Henry are taken to the hospital. Long story short, Donor ends up going to jail and there ends up being a trial and he gets convicted and goes to prison. It's been about 20 years since all this happened and Donor was recently released. 
I really fear the day that I see him again. I worry that even after all this time passed, he'll come back. But I pray and hope that doesn't happen.